Hi, this is Peggy van der Plasch. I speak and write on uh, psychedelics and especially uh, microdosing psilocybin. So that's uh, that's my last week at the cottage in Collingwood. So that's the last time you're seeing that background. Uh, so today I want to talk about uh, the evolution we've seen in the psychedelic world and uh, what I coined the psychedelic uh, gentrification. So um, I want to discuss five signs that psychedelics are really going mainstream from this psychedelic renaissance to this psychedelic gentrification. So the term psychedelic renaissance has been used since 2014, and it was used to qualify the resurgence of interest from the medical and scientific communities into psychedelics. Uh, so we are almost 10 years later, and uh, I mean, we're past the point of renaissance right now. We're really, uh, I think, deep into uh, into gentrification. So um, I see five signs of that. So the first sign is really about the fact that the consumers are really becoming mainstream and the usage of uh, psychedelics became also I would say more daily. Uh, so what do I mean by that? So if you do some uh, free associations with uh, the term psychedelic, what comes to your mind? So maybe for you, it's a 1970 era rock star who's tripping for fun and creative inspiration after a show. Maybe it's a group of long-haired, free-spirited guys uh, who are zoned out on a beach somewhere. Maybe you're thinking about someone in jail for a federal offense. Uh, but these images are definitely a thing of the past. They might still linger in our mind, but they are things of the past. Uh, uh, psychedelics that were used in the past in large quantities for like tripping um, by EPs uh, now are used daily in microdose by CEOs, VCs, moms uh, to improve their performance, their mental health, their happiness, and their personal transformation. So that's really the first sign that uh, we're seeing uh, psychedelic gentrification. Uh, the second sign is the surge in visibility. So uh, there is a lot, a lot of interest, I would say, you know, like for millions of people uh, regarding uh, psychedelics. So you've been seeing world-class publications that really focus on businesses um, such as, you know, The Economist, The Wall Street Journal, The Financial Times, The Washington Post. Uh, they have widely been reporting on uh, the progress of psychedelic. Uh, while for decades there was absolutely nothing on psychedelics uh, in mainstream media. And what I think is even more telling is actually uh, magazines for women uh, who literally have been tripping over themselves uh, 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 to cover the advance of psychedelics. So you see tons of articles that are showcasing women, usually in the context of motherhood, so moms, um, moms who mushrooms, that's a good titles. Um, and they've seen their life transformed by psychedelics. So, and mostly when I say psychedelics, we're, we're talking microdosing psilocybin, you know, magic mushroom. So, so that's really uh, that visibility, that's the second reason uh, I think, you know, like uh, psychedelics are really going uh, mainstream, mainstream and, and gentrifying. Uh, the third thing is uh, the fact that the legal framework is in rapid motion. So, 
after 50 years of uh, unfair stigmatization, which was uh, the courtesy of the Nixon administration, uh, the legal establishment that usually doesn't really move super fast, let's be honest, um, has really surprised players all around the world with weekly announcement of decriminalization, legalization, reclassification of psychedelics. So um, more recently, actually, Australia has announced that it will recognize uh, psilocybin and MDMA as medicines that can be used to help people who suffer from PTSD and depression. And so in Canada, uh, while still officially illegal, so meaning decriminalized, but not legalized yet, that's something that uh, we need to understand. Things need to be decriminalized first, to be legalized second. So it's, it's a step in the right direction. So in Canada, we're in this decriminalization uh, stage. We are not in the legalization stage yet. So it's still officially illegal um, to uh, sell and buy uh, magic mushrooms. You can buy the spores, but you cannot buy the magic mushrooms. That's uh, always the beauty of uh, the legality. Um, so despite that, uh, you've seen like dispensaries of magic mushrooms that have popped up all over the country, um, in BC, so Vancouver, obviously, but also in Toronto, in Ottawa. So uh, it's a move that is very similar to what we've seen with cannabis, where pre-legalization, you could already see uh, plenty of uh, dispense, dispensaries for uh, cannabis. Uh, the Canadian government, uh, the liberals, uh, said they are not very keen on legalizing uh, another drugs, but who knows? Um, anyway, at this space, uh, psilocybin will be legalized in Canada before a decision is made on open banking. So uh, that's a little wink to my friend in fintech. Uh, so that's the third reason uh, that I believe we're really seeing that gentrification of psychedelics, the move uh, in, in the legal framework. Uh, the fourth uh, is really this uh, scientific studies on steroids. Um, it was only in 2018 that the US FDA, so the Food and Drug Administration, uh, named psilocybin, again, the magic mushroom, as a breakthrough therapy in treatment for severe, severe depression. And, you know, this breakthrough therapy is a, is a designation that the agency applies to drugs that are in early trials, but have demonstrated substantial improvement over existing treatments. So read uh, substantial improvement uh, versus the drugs that are sold by a big pharma with a prescription today. Um, so across the globe right now, scientists have been actively engaged in an exponential number of clinical trials. And I mean, with very, very serious organization, I mentioned in the past that the, both the U.S., and the Canadian Department of Veterans Affairs are currently uh, experimenting uh, with psilocybin to help the veterans with, uh, with their PTSD and other challenges like addictions, anxiety, and, and things like that. So, so this is really, I would say, the fourth reason, this number of studies that we've seen like uh, really, really increasing. And the five reasons I, I believe uh, we're really in the gentrification um, stage of uh, psychedelics is the number of business creation and uh, the great capital allocation uh, that has been going in that space. So it's, it's assessed that the market for psychedelics is uh, projected to grow from 2 billion in 2020 to 11 billion in 2027. 
So obviously, uh, a lot of savvy investors and business people have been busy developing new companies and new investment funds to capture the profit. Uh, so you can see brand name investors such as Christian Angermeyer, extremely active in the space, Tim Ferriss, Peter Tell, uh, also very active in the space, uh, alongside uh, institutional investors such as the GLS Fund, uh, Noetic Psychedelic Fund, the Conscious Fund. So you, you see a lot, a lot of activities. Actually, you have more than 50 publicly traded companies related to the development and administration of psychedelic-like drugs just in the United States. So these are really like the five signs that I believe we are, we are in full uh, uh, psychedelic gentrification. So, so what does it mean for you? Uh, so of course, there might still be a stigma today around psychedelics, but I mean, it's clear that the wills of a cultural revolution around the use of psychedelics are already beginning to turn. That's, that's happening. Uh, so there are two main reasons that you should care about uh, the psychedelic gentrification. The first um, is really about your well-being, and I would say the well-being of uh, maybe your, your, your relatives, your friends, and, and people uh, dear, dear to your heart. Um, as more and more studies have been demonstrating, psychedelics have the ability to significantly improve your mood, your mindset, your performance, obviously, um, but also your overall level of happiness. Uh, I am personally uh, delighted to be able to benefit uh, from uh, this uh, new up-leveling of me. Um, I'm happy to benefit from it now versus in five years. And to be honest, I would have been happier to benefit uh, from it five years ago or even 10 years ago, but that's another story. Um, so that's the first thing that I believe it's important for you, the fact that, okay, we're in that gentrification space. Uh, you can go and benefit from that and increase your well-being. The second thing, uh, again, you can uh, take the girl out of finance, but uh, you cannot take uh, finance out of the girl. Um, I think it's super interesting uh, to ride the biggest wave early. Uh, I like to be early on trends. Uh, I was early on fintech, uh, and now I'm, I'm, I'm early on psychedelics. Uh, and technically, cannabis was psychedelics. So that's not something I was keen on, so I didn't touch that. Uh, but I'm very, very keen on psilocybin. So I'm, I'm really uh, spending a lot of time on that. I'm speaking on that. I'm writing on that. I'm actually uh, writing a book on that. Um, I, I pivoted actually most of my activities uh, towards psychedelics. And, and not only because I'm a believer, but also because I recognize the value of riding the biggest wave early. And it's the same for, for you, you know, like uh, you can benefit from your career, uh, for your investment uh, of, of that wave. And I would say psychedelics are not a wave. It's really like a tsunami. Uh, and, and you want to be ideally positioned to capitalize from that disruption. So uh, so here, uh, that was the five reasons uh, why I believe we are now in full uh, psychedelic gentrification phase uh, and two additional reasons of why uh, you should care and you should take advantage of that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you want more information on me, uh, you know, you can find my website. Obviously, as I said, I uh, speak and write on psychedelics. So if you're interested in partnering with me, uh, please reach out. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye.